It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? It's Friday, approaching a holiday weekend. I hope everybody's in a good mood. I know I am. And we're going to have some fun today, as we always do, on PTL, on the 1400 AM dial. Of course, uh, video and audio streaming everywhere. Our YouTube page, Pushing the Limits fan page on Facebook, on my Facebook page, on our Twitter page, Pushing Limits LV. We're everywhere, man. And we got a fun show lined up for you today. Oh, yeah. We got O.J. Simpson's personal attorney coming up at the bottom of the hour. Malcolm Laverne is going to be joining us. O.J. back in the news. Apparently, the Goldman family, they are not, well, they're not happy for a lot of reasons, for obvious reasons, but O.J. owes them in excess close to $100 million. Could this possibly be true? This is insane. Well, I'll talk to O.J.'s personal attorney about that. Is O.J. going to pay up? Is he doing anything? Is he making any money? We know he's playing golf every day. That'll come up at the bottom of the hour. Then uh, coming up at the top, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the PGA Tour is turning into the Skeleton Tour. They're taking everybody. This Live Tour, it's getting a little out of control now. It's getting crazy. I mean, everybody is jumping chip on the PGA Tour. Everybody. Almost everybody. We'll talk to the golf guru, Dennis Silvers, about that coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. What about all these... L.A. Laker trade rumors. Oh, yeah. Who's going to be wearing a Laker uniform? Is it going to be Kyrie Irving next year? Is it going to be Kevin Durant? Is Anthony Davis going to remain a Laker? Where is Russell Westbrook going to go? Oh, my God. My head is going to explode. Who's going to be on the Lakers? Well, my friend from KNX Radio, one of the biggest talk stations, not just in California, in L.A., but in the country, Brian Ping is going to be joining us, hour number two. He'll give us his thoughts. Who is going to be an L.A. Laker next year? I mean, I would assume LeBron. Who else is going to be on this team? I have no idea. Boy, you bring Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving over? I mean, no matter what anybody thinks about Kyrie Irving and, you know, maybe not the best teammate, you put Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on a team with LeBron James, that team is going to win the NBA championship. You could have Dave Rice coaching that team, and they're still going to win the NBA. Marvin Menzies could be coaching that team, and they would still win. And, boy, trust me, folks, I'm going, I'm going pretty far saying that. You could have basically any coach. Derek Fisher could be coaching that team, and they would still win a championship. Didn't he just he just got fired from the Sparks, okay, right? That's a little too far. Is there. that a stretch? That, that's a little stretch. They don't even need a coach. Exactly. LeBron on the floor with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, assuming they are all healthy, they win the NBA championship. End of conversation. It's over. Anyway, we'll talk to Brian Ping about that coming up in hour number two. Lot to get to, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but Donald Trump uh, did an interview. By the way, does anybody? It's amazing. Do people even watch Newsmax? Like, how far right do you have to be to be watching Newsmax? What a joke! Listen, I don't watch MSNBC because they they're too far to the left for me. I don't. I never liked Rachel Maddow. I, I'm not a fan of MSNBC. I can't even remember the last time I put that station on. Really, honestly. And you know, I don't really watch a lot of Fox News for the same reasons because they're they're way on the far right, the alt right. 
But Newsmax is a joke of a network, and uh, apparently there are people that watch it. A bunch of ass lickers, uh, uh, they kiss the ring of Donald Trump. That's all they do on Newsmax. They don't criticize Republicans unless they're Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger or Mitt Romney. I mean, they don't criticize any Republicans. All they do is attack Democrats 24-7. They have zero credibility. Do you remember the Dominion voting machine thing when – when uh, idiots like on Newsmax, they were saying that the election was stolen and they, uh, you know, they believed in the big lie and they, they pushed the big lie. And then they said that the Dominion voting machines were partly in fault of why Joe Biden cheated and won the election. Oh, then all of a sudden Dominion voting machines decided to threaten a lawsuit and then they retracted it. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a joke. Newsmax. They can't even spell the word news. And I understand why people in this country, uh, you know, don't trust reporters and journalists because there's you know a lot of them out there that are that are biased and it's and and there is a lot of fake news out there i hate to use a term that donald trump used but you know i try to listen to both sides and then i form my own conclusions you know before 5 p.m i could watch a little bit of fox news but i tell you what after 5 p.m it's a joke laura ingram tucker carlson sean hannity zero credibility and listen i'm not a big don lemon fan either you know, there are some, I, I think Brett Baer, I, I can deal with him. They got rid of Wallace. I thought Wallace was one of the few good journalists that Fox News had. And I think Jake Tapper does a great job on CNN. And, uh, you know, so there are good journalists on networks. I can't name one good journalist that's on Newsmax. Now they got that Greta Van Susteren chick on there. <laughs> what was the last time she was on TV? Like 15 years ago? I don't know. What a joke of a network. Listen, any, any network that has diamond and what, what, what are they called? Diamond and, and silk? Any network that does a show that would hire Diamond and Silk is all you need to know about that network. Diamond and Silk. And they call themselves a legitimate news network. Anyway, the reason why I bring up this joke of a network, Newsmax, is because this idiot, Rob Finnerty, is that even his real name? Is that even a real name, Rob Finnerty? It sounds like the name of like a suitcase or something, the Finnerty, I don't know. Anyway, Rob Finnerty interviewed Donald Trump about this Hutchinson testimony, the January 6th testimony. What an ass-kissing interview, but it, it is bonkers crazy, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go through this. This is Donald Trump trying to attack Hutchinson and her testimony in the January 6th hearings. Listen to this. It's been an interesting couple of days, Mr. President. The, uh, the January 6th committee yesterday holding uh, a special session with what they're calling apparently some new, some new evidence. They had a, a junior staffer, Cassidy Hutchinson, 26 years old. She made some wild second-hand accusations about you crazy what'd you make of that i thought it was absolutely crazy uh, this committee is a lot of people say illegally formed but when you look at what they're doing and when you look at what they're saying and what they're doing to the country uh, now the good news is a lot of people aren't watching a lot of people aren't listening to it okay hold on a second trying, here trying to- illegally formed the former president maybe he doesn't seem to understand the Republicans had every opportunity to have Republicans on this committee. McCarthy decided not to. There was nothing illegally formed. So right off the bat in this interview, the president is lying. To do real harm. We went through Russia, Russia, Russia. We went through Ukraine. We went through the Mueller report. Not, no collusion after three years, two and a half years. Nothing to do with this. And now we're going through this. It's a one-way Sideshow. No, it's, it's a not. horrible thing that they can do to the country where they take this kind of time. January 6th was horrible. They don't talk about making America great anymore. All they do is <laughs> investigate everybody. And it's a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, this lady yesterday, 
there's something wrong with her? Is there something, something wrong? wrong with you? She said I jumped from a car and I started strangling. Think of this. I started strangling a Secret Service agent right. who I know very well. I grabbed the steering wheel of a car uh, that said that I wanted guns at my rally. I didn't want guns. I have to speak to oh, and I don't want oh, guns for anybody. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, wait, I thought guns were good. I, I, wait, I'm so confused, Mr. Mr. President. I'm so confused. You don't want guns at your rally? Why? You've been so pro-gun your whole life. Wouldn't you want guns at your rally? Now, all of a sudden, guns aren't good. Now, all of a sudden, Donald Trump says he doesn't want guns at his rally. I just find that very interesting, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? For, for a man who didn't want to do anything when it came to gun control and, and, and claimed that more guns were the answer, now he's saying in an interview he didn't want guns at his rally. Hmm. Hypocrisy, ladies and gentlemen. I find that so interesting. That I wanted guns at my rally? I didn't want guns. I have to speak to, and I don't did, want guns for anybody. Did you grab the steering wheel? Is, that, is there any truth uh, to that? Of course not. Is that ridiculous? In fact, the Secret Service came out and said that this story is totally false. Yeah. The woman is living in fantasy land. <laughs> She's a social climber, if you call that social. Uh, what? I, I think it's just a shame like your wife. that this is happening to our country. And we don't have any Republicans up there to dispute it. We have one who quit. Not true. Kinzinger. We have another one who's down by 35 points. Doesn't matter. Wyoming. Uh, she's a total disaster. She's a train wreck. But think of it. Nobody to cross-examine. Uh, Professor Dershowitz said you can't do where you have a hearing and there's no cross-examination. This would have been the easiest cross-examination anywhere. And they put her on and they don't even confirm it with the Secret Service. The Secret Service people in the car said this didn't happen. But but you don't even need that. Who would do that? I would I would grab a Secret Service person by the throat. I don't even know if it's possible. Certainly not in the beast. It's very hard. Listen to this ass licker interview. I don't even know if it's possible. Who is this idiot? I've never even heard of him. Rob Finnerty with Newsmax. Very credible. Very, very, very credible. Go ahead. Right, even in one of the SUVs. Well, it's very hard for another reason. These guys lift 350 pounds. Right, right. I, I saw I you get out of the SUV tonight. It you weigh like 350 pounds. Yeah, That's no, it's, grabbing it's, anything. it's fine. I mean, like, but, you know, these are people. These are great people. These are great people. They've devoted their lives to it. And I think they were very embarrassed by it because it yeah. makes them sound terrible. Tony Ornato and Bobby Engel. Makes you oh, sound terrible. Great. I, I know them very records. well. Sterling. They are records. sterling. Um, and I was very nice that they came to my defense. I thought it was incredible, actually. Not under oath. Uh, because, you know, some whack job can say this stuff and get away with it. And other things that I wanted guns at my rally. Okay, now I'm speaking. Why would I want guns? I don't want oh. people having standing with you don't? guns. You don't? In my rally. Really? I don't remember seeing AR-15s at the Capitol. Well, she wasn't January complaining. 6th. And the other thing about this woman, she wanted to work for me after January 6th. She was a big Trump fan. She wanted to work for me in Florida. And we chose not to bring her down because I got very bad things. I hardly knew her. And I said, well, if she's no good, I got somebody called up, numerous people, that she's not good. I won't say why that she's not good, but plenty of reasons. Why? Because she doesn't kiss your that, ass, is that why? That she was not respected by the people. Oh, the yeah, White sure. Yeah, yeah. So they thought she shouldn't go yeah. down. And you I was are. going down to Florida with a group of people, great group of people, <laughs> patriots. Patriots. <and laughs> her name was thrown out there, and they said, keep, stay away from her. They said bad things about her. And then I see her, and I, again, I hardly know who she okay, is. Okay, let's stop it right there. <laughs> he hardly knows who Hutchinson is. Mark Meadows, top aide. 
Here's Donald Trump's problem. He's got many a problems, but I'm going to go through the list here. It's interesting. Everybody that Donald Trump says, as soon as they say something like the truth, and it might make him look bad, all of a sudden he doesn't know who they are. Remember Le- Lev Parnas? Do you, remember, do you remember him during Trump's impeachment inquiry? This is the Ukrainian-American businessman who uh, called out Donald Trump. He said, I don't know him very well. I have not spoken to him much. We learned that that was a lie. Plenty of pictures on social media of them meeting. Remember Prince Andrew? In December, Trump denied knowing Prince Andrew, the son of Queen Elizabeth II, after the Duke became entangled in sexual abuse. He said, I don't know him. No, the president said. But a collection of photos of the two from the last 20 years obviously proves otherwise. Remember Jeffrey Epstein? Yes, we do. The, the, the long-lived pedophile who allegedly committed suicide behind bars. Well, back in 2002, Trump said, quote, I've known Epstein for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. And then after all this stuff came out about Epstein, he said, I had a falling out with him a long time ago. I don't think I've spoken to him in 15 years. I was not a fan. So he goes from saying he's a terrific guy to saying not a fan. Remember George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's husband. Notorious for criticizing Donald Trump. He wrote in 2019, Trump said that I'm very jealous. He's very jealous of his wife's success. But Trump and George history dating back to when he was a newlywed and the Conways moved into an apartment at Trump World Tower in Manhattan. And they were friends and they hung out all the time. In a 2006 letter, Trump thanked him for helping him with the Trump Tower problem. You have a truly great voice, certainly not a bad asset for a top trial lawyer. (laughs) George Papadopoulos, another one. Never spoke to George Papadopoulos, right? Alexander Vidman. Donald Trump had nothing but praise for Vidman until Vidman told the truth. Matthew Whitaker, another one, after Trump fired Jeff Sessions. I don't know Matt Whitaker, Trump said, just two days after handing Whitaker the promotion to attorney general. I don't know him. Paul Manafort, another one. He didn't do much in my campaign, where months and months before, before he got arrested and went to jail, he said Paul Manafort was a huge part of his campaign. Stormy Daniels. Do I even have to go into the Stormy Daniels stuff? I literally have a list of hundreds of people that Trump associated himself with for many, many years, praising him for many, many years. But then the second they turn on him, like a Attorney Cohen, Nothing but bad things. Donald Trump said Cohen was one of the most skilled attorneys in the country. And then the second that Cohen testified before Congress, oh, Cohen's this, Cohen's that, he's bad, he's a criminal, he's this, he's that. Trump has a history of doing this. He, whenever they tell the truth or do anything against Donald Trump, then he doesn't know them, he never spoke to them, he's not a fan of them, because Donald Trump is a liar. I hardly know who she is. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then I see sure. this woman getting up, and it, she's making up stories, like, one after another. But the craziest of all was that I tried to commandeer, I think they used that word, I tried to commandeer uh, a car with Secret Service agents telling them to take, to take us down to the Capitol. It was totally false. And that a person can get away with it. And then I watch The Times and The Washington Post, and I watch... Uh, I get reviews on MSDNC and CNN. They hardly even talk about the fact that she's been totally discredited. Yeah, totally so discredited. Okay, I've had enough of this interview. It's, it, 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 it's just sickening to me, the lies that this stuff says. But let me just give you a little bit of background on the interviewer. 
His name is Rob Finnerty, and these are the type of people that Newsmax hires. This is a guy dating back to 12 years ago that killed a pedestrian when he was driving under the influence of alcohol. So Rob Finnerty, the guy interviewing Donald Trump, the ass kisser, is also a murderer. This is a guy that pulled an April Fool's joke where he tried to do breaking news on Newsmax saying that there was a ceasefire and that Russia had entered the war in the Ukraine. Keep in mind, thousands and thousands and thousands of innocent people have been murdered in this war. Women have been raped in front of their kids and murdered. And this guy, Rob Finnerty, tried to make a joke on April Fool's saying that the war was over and that there was a ceasefire and Russia pulled out the white the white flags this is the guy that newsmax decides to say go ahead and interview donald trump how can anybody in their right mind watch newsmax and give newsmax any bit of credibility you are a moron that's what you are you want to call cnn fake news you're a moron if you watch newsmax bunch of despicable people that are on that network despicable What's next? Mike Lindell. Maybe they'll give him a show there. They gave Diamond and Silk a show. Let's give Steve Bannon a show. I mean, this is a joke. It really is. And every, and by the way, for all of you right-wing idiots out there, and there's plenty of you out there that want to talk about whether Donald Trump took the steering wheel and assaulted a, a, an agent or not, that's not what the January 6th hearings are about. If you don't believe it, that's fine. I tend to believe Hutchinson over Donald Trump. And by the way, these... Secret Service agents that allegedly say that it didn't happen, why have they not testified under oath? Liz Cheney said yesterday she welcomes them to testify under oath. Who's lying? The woman who already testified under oath, who put her hand up? Or allegedly a few Secret Service agents that allegedly are telling people it didn't happen, but they haven't testified under oath. Which person are you going to believe? And by the way, that is not what this is about. Whether that happened or not, and it wouldn't surprise me if it did, that's not what the January 6th hearings are about. Make no mistake about it. The Sean Hannity's and the Tucker Carlson's of the world are going to lead you to believe that this is what it's all about. Oh, no credibility. We got these Secret Service agents that are saying it didn't happen. That's not what this is about. This is what it's about. Here's what did happen. January 6th, the insurrection. That happened. And the man who incited it was Donald Trump. We know that Donald Trump knew that many of these people that were part of this insurrection, had weapons. We know that 140 officers were injured and that people died that day. And the chance of hang Mike Pence when Donald Trump was sitting in the Oval Office had no problem with it at all. He wanted to go down there. He wanted to go down there stating, they're not after me. He incited this. That's what this committee is doing. That's what this is all about. He incited the violence. He's the one who took $250 million from some of the morons out there that donated to the campaign to fight this so-called election fraud, this big lie. And by the way, that's what it is. At this point, if you still think Donald Trump won the election in 2020, you are just a dumb moron. I don't even know what else to say. You're an idiot if you buy into the, the nonsense that Donald Trump won in 2020. He didn't. And just about every single Republican testified under oath in front of the committee saying he didn't win. We know that Ivanka Trump, Took the, uh, took the word of, of, of Barr, who also said it was BS. We know that Donald Trump's own advisors, including his former campaign manager, director, said, no, Mr. President, we don't want you to go out there and say you won the election, because he knew that Donald Trump didn't win. The only people that told Donald Trump to go with this nonsense was Mark Meadows 
and a drunk, lush Rudy Giuliani. That's it. That's what the January 6th hearing is about. It's not whether he threw his lunch against the wall. That's not what this is about. It's not what this is about at all. It's not about throwing his lunch against the wall. It's not whether he threw a temper tantrum and and attacked a, a Secret Service agent. That's not what this is about. This is about the criminality of Donald Trump inciting the January 6th insurrection. And if you're one of those people that says, oh, Brian, Trump wasn't responsible, it's the people that went in there that were responsible. And by the way, the Ron Johnsons of the world and the Gymnasium Jordans of the world, they're the ones who said that it was Antifa in the hours and days after. These were Democrats. This was Antifa. It's Nancy Pelosi's fault. Well, obviously that was a lie. It's very simple, folks. If people want to argue with you, the right-wing buffoons out there, and they want to say Donald Trump isn't responsible for the January 6th insurrection, you ask them this question, this very simple question. If Donald Trump, the months before January 6th, didn't say that Joe Biden cheated and the Democrats cheated and Joe Biden isn't a legitimate president, if he didn't say all those things in the months leading up to January 6th, does January 6th happen? Now, obviously, to anybody with an IQ of 20, the answer is obviously no, because that's what January 6th was all about. They were doing what Donald Trump wanted them to do, to try to overturn our election and overthrow our democracy. That's why Donald Trump is responsible. That's why he incited. And they knew that it was going to be a very violent day, according to Republicans who testified. They knew that it was going to be a dangerous day. The text messages that Sean Hannity sent to Mark Meadows, that Laura Ingram sent to Mark Meadows, they knew. Now, they're despicable people. The first thing that entered their mind was Donald Trump's legacy. They didn't care that people would die or that people were going to get hurt or that our democracy was going to be, you know, attempt to be overthrown in a coup. They didn't care about that. Because they're despicable. Their first reaction, according to a text that Laura Ingram sent Mark Meadows, was, this is going to ruin Donald Trump's legacy. Because if you're a despicable person, when you see innocent police officers being hurt and being attacked, to any decent person, the first thing that comes to their mind isn't, oh my God, this is going to ruin Donald Trump's legacy. No, the first thing you think about is, oh my God, this needs to stop. Grisham sent a text message to the former first lady, pleading with her, can you please text out, stop the violence? Melania Trump's response? No, because that's the response of a despicable person. Donald Trump was sitting in the Oval Office for four hours, five hours. He did nothing. He didn't call in troops. He didn't put out a video stopping the violence. He was 20 feet from that media room. 20 feet. He could have got his fat ass off his chair. He could have walked to that media room and he could have made a statement. It could have been a very simple statement. He could have even said something to the effect of, I know you you all are angry. He could have even continued with the big lie, but he could have said, please go home. We don't want violence. It took him five hours to do that. Five hours. Members of his cabinet had to plead with him to do it. And then in that video, after it took him five hours to do so, we love you, he says. You're very special. People that were trying to gouge the eyes out of, of officers that were there that day. We love you. You're very special. Does it remind you of something? Charlottesville. Good people on both sides. Because when I think of white supremacists that are chanting out, Jews will not replace us, blood and soil, the first thing I think about is, oh, you're very special. Good people on both sides. Ladies and gentlemen, the face of the Republican Party, Donald Trump. I don't know if he's going to be the face of the party in a month, in a year, in two years. I don't know. 
But at this point, if you could still support this man, I don't care what policies you liked. Uh, you can complain till the cows come home about how your eggs are higher, inflation, gas prices. If this is the guy that you support for president of the United States, I don't know what to say, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what to tell you. The evidence is overwhelming. I know some of you want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. I get it. I know some of you, you know, you want to talk about inflation. You want to talk about gas prices. You want to attack Liz Cheney. You want to attack Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Last thing you want to talk about is the January 6th hearing. We've never seen anything like this before, certainly not in my lifetime. And I hope Donald Trump is charged with a crime. We had Governor Steve Sislak on the show yesterday. I agree with him. I had Dina Titus on the show yesterday. I agree with her. Donald Trump needs to be charged with a crime. This is incitement. This is seditious behavior. This is incitement. And it's obvious. You won't hear that on Newsmax. You won't hear uh, the murderer who did that interview, Rob Finnerty. You won't hear him ask Donald Trump any of those difficult questions. You definitely won't. The story's not going away. We know the truth, and if you're not willing to admit the truth and put any fault on Donald Trump, then you're part of the problem. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's interesting because O.J. Simpson's back in the news. As you know, O.J. Simpson has called Las Vegas' home since he got out of jail, since the Palace Station situation. And, well, the Goldmans are now upset. And they have a right to be for a lot of different reasons, but they're saying that apparently O.J. owes them $96 million. So we're going to talk to O.J. Simpson's personal attorney, Malcolm Laverne, when we come back. I'm going to tell you guys about one of my favorite bars in town, Jackson's Bar and Grill. It's located at Flamingo and Jones. You walk in there, you mention my name, and you sign up for a player's card. You get $10 in free slot play. And they got great promotions every month. It's really, really awesome. So you definitely want to check them out. They're giving out some gas cards next month, starting in July every week. $100 gas cards. The more you play, the more entries you get. So please check them out. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Great food, great atmosphere. I promise you, you'll have a good time out there. Some great people. Jackson's Bar and Grill. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, O.J. Simpson's personal attorney, Malcolm Laverne, will be joining us next right here on Pushing the Limits on KSHP. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702 
888-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Do you want to be part of one of the fastest growing shows in the Valley? Well, now is your chance. Pushing the Limits covers it all. The only show in town talking news, politics, sports, entertainment, you name it. You can now give your business the push it needs to take it to the next level. We have all sorts of advertising packages that can fit your budget. Give us a call at 725-256-9809 or send us an email at ptlvegasales at gmail.com and be part of the fastest growing show in Las Vegas. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday, approaching the 4th of July weekend. And coming up, by the way, hour number two, Brian Ping, KNX Radio. Talk a little Lakers hoops. Rumors circulating, uh, people coming in, people getting out of there, out of L.A. So we'll talk to him. Dennis Silvers, our golf guru. Hour number two as well, talking about the live Tour, the Saudi tour. But the guy joining us with us on the line right now, prominent attorney here in Las Vegas, uh, represents O.J. Simpson, of course, and uh, I've interviewed him before, but it's been a little while. Uh, attorney Malcolm Laverne joining us right down the line. Uh, Malcolm, I appreciate you coming on. How are you? How are you? I, I look worse than I thought I would. You know, before we got on, I was like, you know, hey, man, I'm just chilling. It's the summertime. I think I went to court maybe the earlier, like the first part of the week, and, you know, I got a case dismissed. <laughs> that was good, but I'm mainly trying to chill, and you called, and I'm like, man, I, I, I look like crap but you said come on and i'm like oh you know what i'll come on but i look a lot worse now looking at myself in the uh the camera well you know what like i like i told you i have a face for radio and it's why i don't do tv so we're both in the same boat i guess today malcolm but i i appreciate you coming on hey so i i noticed uh oj seems to always be in the news for something right and i noticed uh on tmz this fred this fred goldman story uh you know came out there saying that uh he owes the yeah. goldman's 96 million dollars is that an accurate figure 
You know, the answer is no, not really. And I'd probably bore your audience to death, but I guess I'll do it. I mean, you brought a lawyer on the show. My, my profession by nature is pretty boring, so I'll give you like the breakdown, <laughs> the, the legal technical breakdown. Back, if you're, t well, you're talking about the civil judgment from a, a wrongful death trial in Correct. 1997. I think that's what you're Correct. referring to, right? Yes. All right, so back when that yes. judgment was, was entered, you know, I, I know that everyone thinks that this is just a Goldman judgment. It's a, you know, that's, that's it. That's it. The whole universe revolves around them with, and when it comes to Simpson. But that's, that, the reality is not true. The, 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 these judgments, let me, let me just go technically so we have it for the record. The judgment stems from essentially four parties who sued Simpson in that lawsuit. And there may have been other things going on, but there was Fred Goldman individually. There's Sharon Rufo individually. Sharon Rufo is the mother of Ron Goldman. There's the estate of Ron Goldman, so that's three. And there's the estate of Nicole Brown Simpson, so that's four. This case produced, that case in 1997, which is, is that 25 years ago? I was like, now you're older, more than that. More than that, that's yeah. 20, more than that, yeah. I don't know, 1997, I don't, it's, I don't even want to think about it because it just dates me. Uh, it produced a judgment of $33.5 million. And now those were all over three separate paper judgments, right? Mm -hmm. So now Fred Goldman was got an individual judgment, but he's also the representative of the state of Ronald Lyle Goldman. So that was one judgment in and of itself. So that portion of that judgment, which I believe was somewhere around 19.2 million of that was belonged to those two individuals. That's where it was at. Uh, Sharon Rufo got, I, I forget how, however much it was. Uh, she was supposed to split some of that in half with Fred Goldman, but I guess the lawyers strong armed her so Fred could take more. But anyway, that's out there. And then, of course, the state of Nicole Brown Simpson got a share. What the papers usually talk about are just that portion that belongs to Fred Goldman and to Ronald Lyle Goldman's estate. That's what in the papers, that's what they're referring to. Now, California, now this judgment was produced in the state of California, all right? And like I said, if I'm going to put you to sleep, just stop me. <laughs> it was produced in a California state court. Mm -hmm. And uh, California is very easy for judgments, actually, if you're a judgment debtor lawyer, because the interest rate in California is 10%. And 10%, and it, it just goes on to a judgment. So mm -hmm. let's just round it up to $20 million, whatever that judgment was. So in California, it's pretty easy. You can renew a judgment in California Every 10 years. Can I just tell you real quickly, though, Malcolm? Uh, sorry to interject, but this is what uh, this is what Fred Goldman said. He said back in 2015, OJ owed him 57 million dollars, and now over seven years of interest, it's now close to 97 million. So that's not true. That's not true. I'm going to the answer is no. Not 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 the practical reality of it. That's not true. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back because I don't know how much time you wanted me on here. We didn't. We kind of I kind of came on real quickly. So 20 million will double in by by 19 2007. You could presume that that 20 million dollar judgment in California State Court was 40 million, and then of course the interest gets tacked on the principal. Then you presume it's 80 million in 2017, and then in California he's probably right. It's probably somewhere in that range. I don't know you know how many credits they get. It probably is in that range, but the problem is Mr. Simpson's a Nevada resident now, all right? Mm -hmm. Different states, different rules. So Fred Goldman has come into Nevada last year, and he put a judgment in, and his, his Nevada lawyers have calculated that differently. So my point to you is, based on what's gone on in Nevada lawyers, the Nevada, Fred Goldman's Nevada lawyers, Simpson's Nevada status, the judgment the way they calculate it is probably, not probably, I'm, I'm the lawyer actually in the case here, 
that judgment right now is probably somewhere around seventy-three million dollars. What is OJ? Is OJ doing anything as far as making a living now? I mean, I know he's retired, obviously, but is he doing anything as far as financially? I mean, I know he's out there playing golf and having fun, but what is he doing? What's he doing? You know, everyone seems to be known knows what OJ does except for me. You know, like I, I, I there is the, the way I can I know what OJ does outside of the attorney client relationship or for the most part is, you know, he's just the man about town and everyone will tell me what he's up to. So I don't even know. I know there's there's one pretty famous time I I, uh, I had a conversation with him. And I was like, well, what did you ha- what did you have at Burger King? And he's like, how did you know I was at Burger King? And I was like, what do you make of his Twitter videos? What do you make of his social media? Well, you know, that's gone on now for three years. Three years, he's a, it was June. I just thought about it when you called me up. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's three years going on because I think it was June of over three years now. I think it was June of 2019. And I have to tell you, you know, the thing was just way bigger than we ever thought it would be. I got I to gotta be frank with you. Uh, when they were thinking about putting this thing on, you know, at the time, because at the time and the way media has developed it's like everyone got to just throw everything at oj and say everything and there was rumor this rumor that and it's like you know and and then and then it's like you know maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea because i was totally against it when he came out you know i would i I don't think i would have liked that at all or been representing him if he had come out right away and did social media but at the time it happened i said you know what this twitter i didn't really know twitter too too well but i was like you know this twitter Maybe if he got on Twitter, maybe in a month he might get 50, 60,000. Maybe we thought he'd be lucky if he got between 50 and 100,000 followers mm-hmm. like with a month or two, and maybe he could develop it up over time. And so the fact that when he went on Twitter and he skyrocketed up to, it wasn't that long, he skyrocketed up to almost like a million followers, and he could just say and do whatever he wants. I want to ask you about that. About everything. So it's, it's, it's basically been way more than I thought it ever would be. And, and it just kind of reaffirms what's happened since he's gotten out, which is that the man is a lot, is just very popular. What, l- l- I want to ask you about that. The percentage of his followers, what percentage of his followers do you think follow him because he was such an incredible football player and he's a celebrity? And then another percentage of people following him uh, because they like to follow a train wreck. I say that with all due respect, but I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, I'll say it relative to what I see about other social people in social media's accounts, not just him. Let's take uh, let's take for example Trump. When I say the percentage of people who are what you call I guess the moderate I don't know it's the modern day term my term our term was the haters or people who are critics. I don't think it's that much different than anyone else who's a controversial figure on social media. So it's not it's no different. And if you went and looked at Trump before he got t- quick kicked off Twitter, Trump got way way more abuse than OJ ever thought about getting. And it just it, the difference is the power dialogue. The power dialogue is that Trump was running the planet at the time, and uh, OJ is just a celebrity. You know that's a, that's basically a status as a celebrity. And so people like to chime in and make things. But social media really a lot is a, a lot of social media really is about. And I've come through this through my own observation. A lot of unempowered people who now have access to either a phone or a computer or whatever it is, and they literally can just be powerful by saying mm-hmm. things. And so they don't. They they most of them when you try and ask them what they do or they're not yeah. accomplished. A lot of them are still in their thirties or maybe even forties or something late twenties. Right. They're living right. with their parents. They don't really have good jobs. They're, they have issues upon issues upon issues, 
But my God, you get to be as powerful as anybody by getting on and, and disturbing somebody. I want to ask you and, this. I, I want to ask you this, Malcolm, if I can. Uh, and by the way, if you're just joining us, you're speaking with Malcolm Laverne, O.J. Simpson's uh, personal attorney. As his attorney, are you happy with the fact that he's kind of out there in the spotlight and he's on Twitter and he, it seems to be he's on TMZ every other week with a new story? As his attorney, is that something you like or is that something you don't prefer? That's something you don't prefer. You know, the when he when he does something on Twitter that gets picked up, he's got to own that. And we've got to own that, right? Because he, he, he opined on something, he said something on Twitter, he said something on social media, and it got picked up. And it went viral, and that's happened multiple times over. He's got to own that. So that's, it. So that, that, that's not something we can ignore responsibility for. Uh, but certain things like uh, Amber, like the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, I'm sure you guys may have talked about that or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was watching it because I kind of got into it. But then all of a sudden, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of articles like talking about OJ in this and I'm like what in the world does OJ have to do with Johnny Depp and Amber Hertrop and they were basically trying to draw in their world some parallel about how Johnny Depp was able to do this and get away with it because you know there was a big group out there there was pro Johnny pro Amber and they're like well Johnny only won the case because like OJ he's famous and he's powerful and uh, you know people love him and he's a celebrity and so he's able to get this big judgment against Amber Heard and He's a, and you know they were drawing all these other parallels, you know, involving certain certain out issues. But the main was that hey, he could just get away with it. And I'm like, well, oh, has got nothing to do with that trial. You but know? let's he's talk about. Like, I want to talk about that since you're a defense attorney. I want to, if I can, Malcolm. I want to talk to you uh, about you know. Uh, your clients that you've defended, but I also want to talk to you about Bill Cosby, for example. Listen, this is what you do for a living, and this has nothing to do with OJ, but I think the argument a lot of people make with the justice system is, is if you're a celebrity, if you have money, it doesn't necessarily matter what the color of your skin is. You can get away with something. Do you believe that Bill Cosby is a rapist? Do you believe that he is guilty and that he sexually assaulted women, and do you believe that he is not in jail today because of who he is with the money and fame? Uh, let me let me break it down because as as in all things in life things can be complicated. With Bill Cosby, when what was it like up to eighty maybe women, seventy eighty yeah. women come out almost independent. A lot of them independent of each other. All right. Now because of Simpson, I know people have just made up stuff, absolutely wild, crazy stories about Simpson. So when it comes to celebrity, I know that people will jump on a bandwagon. But when you have 80 women, okay? And you just put it this way. Just put it simple mathematical, coming out with all these stories of similar nature. Mm-hmm. Let's just presume 90% of them are lying, all right? And this is just, this is not me, my opinion. Let's just take a, an exercise. Right. Right. 90% of them are lying, and 80 women have made the allegations, but 90% are just flat-out lying. That's still eight rapes, right? <laughs> you know, that's still eight rapes. That's a lot. Of, that's That still is a lot. So I don't think Bill Cosby can ignore his behavior with a lot of women who have these independent allegations. As to the specific case that he actually did some time on before they vacated it, totally think he was railroaded. Totally think it was. I'm glad it was reversed. Uh, I don't know what the truth is to this day, what happened actually happened there. But the Supreme Court got it right. The prosecutor made a deal 
The only reason he testified at a deposition and made that statement against his interest at the deposition was because they said, hey, this we, we don't the, the prosecutor at the time before was like, hey, we don't find her credible. Right. So here's your measure of justice. Go sue him. Well, he won't be able to plead the fifth because we're t- saying we're not going to prosecute him. So the right result happened there with Bill Cosby. But listen, between you and me and everybody. Do you think Bill Cosby's reputation is what it you know has been restored back to what it once was? No. You know, so the the, no. the answer is the system worked with Bill Cosby. I'm very happy with the result, the legal result that happened to Bill Cosby. Yeah. But as far as the total result, as far as him pretty much disappearing off the radar screen now, yeah. maybe that maybe everything worked. Maybe everything worked out. I want to ask you this, Malcolm, if I can. And by the way, again, if you're just joining us, he is Malcolm Laverne, a, a defense attorney here in Las Vegas, represents uh, O.J. Simpson, among many other clients. I want to get your thoughts as an attorney on Roe versus Wade. What are your thoughts on what the Supreme Court has done? And what do you think uh, this holds uh, for the future when it comes to people, when it comes to gay rights, whatever the case may be, even interracial marriage? I mean, I don't know what this Supreme Court is going to do. What are your thoughts on Roe versus Wade? And what do you think this means about this country moving forward? You know, I don't think, you know, I, I have a Twitter account and I'll sometimes tweet things on there or sometimes tweet opinions. And sometimes I've been very opinionated on there. And I don't think I've ever said anything about Roe versus Wade or abortion rights or anything. It's a very, very, very peculiar thing to me. As far as I'm concerned, uh, this is a me, Malcolm Vern, personally, and we'll, we'll get into society. Uh, I, I don't know any other medical procedure that's relic that people obsess over as much as uh, a woman having an abortion. But to me, it's just a medical procedure. And there are a lot of horrible things that happen in life, but they're horrible, but they're illegal and, you know, they're bad for people. I mean, I imagine these women are getting them. They're going to be traumatized or whatever, but it's just a medical procedure. Uh, And so if a woman wants to have a medical procedure, she should have one. No, we have sands or butts excuses. No 15th week, no this trimester, this and that, these these total analysis. It's a medical procedure. Nobody uh, let me I'll give you an example. There will never be a time when transgender uh, women or men who transgender into being women and there will never be a time and this is where i'm going to go with this there will never be a time where that will be an issue where people are going to start obsessing over people doing their transgender surgeries because and and trans and and removing genitalia even though that seems to be pretty extreme i mean if you think about it you're going to remove a, a genital organ and do all these other things to your body that seems to be extreme but it will never be relegated and it will never come up and you know the reason why this is just my personal opinion it's because it fundamentally are men who are becoming women, and so men are everything. This issue with abortion is not as way bigger than abortion. It's about kicking women right there in, in the teeth and knocking them right back 50 years. I agree. I agree. Can I take it a step further? I, I agree with you. I'll take it a step further. Malcolm, how many abortion clinics would be in this country if men could get pregnant? I mean, think about that. Would, would it be a debate if men could get pregnant? Yes. And everyone said this, and it's totally true. Would, would this abortion even be an issue in this country if men could get pregnant? It wouldn't even be. We wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have the courts clogged up with all these cases and statutes or anything like that. This is a direct. This is this. If I was a politician, this is what I would go out and just basically tell them, hey, if you this if you're really serious about this. This is a direct attack on you as women. This is a direct attack on you as a separate and apart from men. And we can do it. But, you know, they've made the the pro-choice people made mistakes over a lot of decades and assumed that this was a privilege and a right and entitlement that they would have forever. And they have these statistics about how, oh, 
60% of the people in the country want some form of abortion to be legal, and that's where they make their mistake. Mm-hmm. So 60-something percent, but let's go and look at that 35 yeah. to 40 percent of pro-life people. That's where these people are making a mistake because you go and analyze that percentage of people and how hardcore they are mm-hmm. and how they're willing to do everything. It's kind of like the approach I took with Simpson. You're willing to just take an absolute rigid point of view to defend something. And for decades, they have sacrificed, they've, they've gone to jail, they've done whatever they need to do. And they more importantly, they've got themselves hooked into the system of power where the judiciary is. And they've got yeah. these what jobs and, and all of them are on that. On the yeah, the, you're, you're, you're right so, about that. So that's where it's at. But, you know, they, they, the, until, this will not be righted until the group that really believes that women should be able to just have any medical procedure that they want for any reason, which abortion, which would include abortion. That's where they're making the mistake at is trying to rationalize with the pro-life people. This is this is this is something that you have to kind of go to war over and and stomp them down because the pro-life people are no abortions, no time. We don't care. Rape, incest. This is God. This is religious. And we're going to do it and we're going to go and do whatever we can to do it. And they've yeah. done it and they've actually done it. It took them it took them decades to do it. And we're the pro-life. So you see us an example of why we're how minorities or a minority viewpoint can simply dominate a majority. Malcolm, do you, what do you make of uh, Clarence Thomas? Do you even believe Clarence Thomas should even be a, a Supreme Court justice? And what do you make of the comments he's made in the last week? And, uh, you know, basically saying, uh, hey, we need to look at the future and he's going to look into gay rights and gay, you know, gay marriage and all this other stuff. What do you make of Clarence Thomas? Clarence Thomas. I don't think there's some things I can say on the air about Clarence Thomas. I mean, I, I will listen. I, I'd like to say it all. I'm trying to learn to temper my comments because I don't know Clarence Thomas. If I knew him better, maybe I could actually go in on him. But I don't. I've never dealt with him. But as a black man, all right, and which which I am, all right. Clarence Thomas replaced Thurgood Marshall, who who was an actual real lawyer. Clarence Thomas was never a lawyer. This is some bureaucrat who went to law school, all right? Uh, and he's he's so unintellectual that I think for 10 years he went on, he never even asked a question on the Supreme Court. He's, he just happens to be and was appointed by Bush, and they just knew he was just some rabid, radical-type guy for whatever reason. And... Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna. This is, this is not the beginning. That's what I'm trying to convince. If I was a politician in my personal life, I'm just indifferent at this point. Actually, I just kind of live my life and do the things I enjoy. But if I was a politician, I'd come to, uh, I'd go to people and say, look, do you think that the pro-choice people, or excuse me, the pro-life people, the anti-abortion movement, you think they're going to stop here with just banning it in 25 states? They're going to come into every state where they, even the right. states where they have, uh, you think they're going to come into New York, California, because that's what they've been doing all along is this uphill battle. So, yeah, they're going to take that away. They're going to take away, let's see what's going to happen. Gay marriage, I don't know how soon that's going to happen, but that's going to, that, that just got granted that long ago. That's going to go away. Transgender rights, voting, the jury, they're going to let the gerrymandering go on. So, basically, that's going to happen. I may want to, since I'm, since I'm a voter, I might actually get interested in that. But the people who really believe in this, they really better go out and fight for everything. I mean, I just this abortion thing bums me out because you saw it coming. In the, in the 1990s, there was a case called Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Right. They almost uh, they almost overruled it then. It was five four. It was barely then, and yet they the the people who should be supporting 
a woman's right to have a medical procedure. This should not be a right to an abortion. This should be a right to a medical procedure like anyone else. And you just stay out of it. That's it. You don't. You have no business telling me what to do with any type of medical procedure that I want when until the baby pops out. And the baby pops out, and then I try and kill it. Then fine, you charge me with murder. But then, other than that, that's it. It's a medical procedure, all right. And you got to give women the the intellect, the 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 ability and not placate them enough to know that, you know, there's no woman who's going to be in the eighth month who's going to be terminating pregnancy. And there's no doctor who's probably going to do it unless there's something really, really messed up with the baby, you know, and the skull goes wrong. So stop this nonsense. Go to war with these pro-life uh, people because they've gone to war with you and you've taken it on the chin for decades and now your rights are getting wiped away. So just my advice to them would be go to war. Well, Malcolm, we agree on that 150%. There's certainly a lot of things that I'd like to say about Clarence Thomas, but I can't say it on the air because the FCC will find me. So we're in agreement. Hey, Malcolm, I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on. And maybe maybe one of these days, uh, you know, you could come in studio and uh, we can uh, chime it up a little bit more. But I appreciate you coming on the show on short notice, Malcolm. And uh, you're welcome back on any time. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much. So much. Hey, it was great talking to you. Anytime, Mr. Shapiro. You're looking good. Glad to see all is going well. <laughs> Thanks, Malcolm. Good, good to hear Thanks. from you, my friend. And uh, we'll have you on again soon uh, down the road. And uh, always good to hear from you. That is defense attorney Malcolm Laverne, uh, who represents O.J. Simpson and, uh, of course, many other clients in Las Vegas. But that's certainly one of his higher profile clients. And we appreciate Malcolm taking the time to join us. Uh, touching on a number of topics, that is for sure, including O.J., uh, and again, I always do my OJ impersonation uh, with the Twitter. Uh, hello, Twitter world. It's yours truly. He always does that. It's like his uh, patented Twitter video. <laughs> that is for sure. But uh, it, it is pretty funny, though, actually, the OJ, how the OJ Twitter uh, videos start. Hey, Twitter world. It's me, yours truly. Well, <laughs> I got a birthday coming hello, up. Hello, Twitter world. Yours truly. And by the way, Malcolm is right. I mean, he's got like a gazillion followers. And I think a small percentage of those people, listen, they follow OJ because he was a great football player and he's a celebrity, movies, football. But I think most people follow OJ. And I think Malcolm would agree with me on this. Most people follow OJ Simpson. Over, under, on how many followers he actually has? I'm going to say over a million. Am I wrong? You're wrong. How many? 891.8 thousand. Okay, well, come on. I was pretty close. You were close. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying somewhere. It'll be over a million in a year, I guarantee you. But I think most people follow OJ, sadly, because of what took place, you know, with the uh, double murder situation. That's just my personal opinion. People like to follow a train wreck. And, and, you know, Malcolm would probably disagree with me on this one. I think OJ's kind of a psycho. That's just my personal opinion. He's a little bit of a psycho. Uh, Now, whether you think he's a double murderer or not, I think that's – we know that he was civilly liable for the murders of Ronald Goldman. And Nicole Brown Simpson, that, that's a fact. He was found innocent in a court of law, but certainly I have my opinions on that, and I'm sure you do as well. Hey, you know something else I have my opinions on? What is going on with the Live Professional Golf Tour? They're taking all these PGA Tour players away. One by one, they're going down like dominoes and playing on this joke of a tour that doesn't even have a cut. What's the end game here? What is going to happen to the PGA Tour? It's crumbling. Is it going to fall? The golf guru, Dennis Silvers, will be joining us next to talk a little bit about that. 
And uh, we will do that next. I want to tell you guys quickly about uh, Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. My friends over there at 6125 West Sahara Avenue, they've taken care of me. You go into some of these urgent cares, you got to wait hours. Not this place. I was in and out of there in 20 minutes. They take most insurance companies. And if they don't, if you don't have any insurance... $95 $95 at the door. You don't even have to make an appointment. You just walk right in. 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Basically here at the corner of Sahara and Jones. The number is 702-248-0554. Or you can check them out at SaharaWestUrgentCare.com. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, what does the future look like for the PGA Tour? The golf guru, Dennis Silvers, in studio will be joining us next. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. My thanks to O.J. Simpson's personal attorney, Malcolm Laverne, for joining us. Programming note on Monday. I am taking Monday off. It's like the first day off. I, You know, it's the 4th of July. I need to take a day off. What do you, what do you want me to do? So we're going to do a little rerun, a little best of show. We had Governor Steve Sisolak on the show yesterday, so we're going to replay that one. Don't worry. I'll be back live in the saddle on Tuesday. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk Lakers, L.A. Lakers, is Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, are these guys going to be Lakers next year? Well, there's rumors circulating. Brian Pink, KNX Radio in L.A., will be joining us. But joining me right now in studio to talk about this crazy and wild story, which is the Live Golf Tour, run by the Saudis, at least financially backed by the Saudis, is the golf guru himself. It's been a little while uh, since we've had Dennis Silvers in studio. And Dennis is here. If you're watching our video feed, he brought his dog, Mulligan, who happens to be sitting on his lap. Hello, Mulligan. Hello, Dennis. What's going on? Your dog. Hey, glad to be here. Your dog is very cute, by the way. Thank you. I, I would Thank usually you. never use the word cute and you in the same sentence, but in this situation, I think it's warranted. So. I've got to tell you, you know, I grew up with dogs, and he's the mellowest, chillest dog I've ever had, number one. Number two, uh, he loves going out. He loves people. He loves very engaging with people. Thank you. And I like the, the name Mulligan, too. And, it, fits, and, it fits you. Yeah, I like it. And to, and to be honest... Uh, without a doubt, hands down, thousand percent, the best chick magnet I've ever. Oh had. no question! I can't walk into the market more than ten feet. And, no question. You know, yeah, that's why I need to buy a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, Dennis, thank you for being here. Uh, Pleasure. So, so you know, we're both you know golf aficionados. I love to play golf. Yep. We played golf yep. for years together, and and I I I don't really follow the PGA Tour. Uh, week to week as much as I would for majors and stuff. But right. obviously, I love watching golf sure. and the majors and. I believe the Live Golf Tour, and if you guys don't know what this is, it's a tour backed by the Saudis. Greg Norman got paid boatloads of money, and they've taken Dustin Johnson, $100 million, and uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, the latest to go. A lot of the top golfers on the PGA yeah. Tour have yeah. gone over there. And a lot of guys that are kind of middle-of-the-road players yeah. and guys like a Kevin Na or a Lee Westwood late in their PGA career are getting boatloads of money to right. play on this tour that has no cuts, guaranteed money, and there's nobody showing up watching it. I believe, Dennis... This is bad for golf. And the reason why I say that is because what made, and you tell me if you agree or not, what's made the PGA Tour so unique is that you're never guaranteed anything. You have to perform to make money. Yeah, of course, there's sponsors and all that other stuff. But 
what all, what I've always loved about the PGA Tour is you make your money based on how you perform. And now the Live Tour is basically saying we're going to pay you boatloads of money and you don't have to win a tournament. That's exactly right. I you know it depends on who you talk to. Uh, you get you know multitudinous points of view, and I think the primary reason, like we talked about, Brian, is money. They're they're throwing so much money at these guys; it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, you know, it's lifestyle. These guys are playing, what, 14 tournaments a, w- a year. They're not out there grinding the whole year. Right now it's worry- only eight. Eight. Worrying to, ma- worrying, yeah. to, worrying to make a cut. Right. And they go, yeah, I like the money, and you know what? But I like the fact that I'm able to spend more time with my family. Right. And it's only three rounds right now, and it's a lot of pressure off, you know, uh, no cut and stuff. And I think the guys that are really jabbing and really bad mouthing the guys that went over. And number one, the guys that went over could care less what the tour players are saying about them. I think. Uh, but secondly, the guys that are bad mouthing them, they are you know have a lot of money. Like you know, uh, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, guys like that. They think it's oh, it's terrible for the tour. It's terrible for golf. It's un-American. This and that. Uh, they don't have to worry about money, and uh, yeah. Then why does a guy like a I, Dustin Johnson go over there? Well, I, you know, I I said, let me just say this. I said when this whole thing started, I said, you watch, Brian. The tour is going to get sued for uh, uh, unlawful business practices, antitrust, or whatever you want. Sure enough, that came about. And the I European think tour is going to be getting sued now. That's too, right? exactly Ian right. Walter. The DP, the DP tour, right? And I think they are going to lose. These guys are. Uh, these guys are free agents, and they should be able to play wherever they want. Yeah. And year after year after year, they were under the thumb and the rules of the PGA Tour and the commissioner. So and tell I, me if you agree with me or not. On yes. I, 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 For the most part, I agree with what you just yeah. said. There are some very, very bad people, evil people within the Saudi government. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. It doesn't mean that everybody associated with this tour is a terrorist. Correct. I think we need to remember that. Correct. I think we need to be fair. Correct. Is there some dirty money in there? Sure, absolutely. But there are also some decent people, too, that are Absolutely. So that's number one. I think we need to be fair there. But number two, a guy like a Dustin Johnson, yeah. okay, who clearly does not need the money. Now, if you offer, you put, give somebody $100 million on a silver platter, or I think it was $125 million, yeah. hard to say no. I understand that. I get it. All I'm simply saying is, this is bad for the PGA Tour, a tournament like the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open, for example. Brooks Koepka has been playing in this every year. Yeah. He's a name. Phil Mickelson, even though he is a douchebag, he is, so is Koepka, by the way, but Phil Mickelson's not going to be playing in this right. tournament. you got Bryson DeChambeau, who won here a couple years yeah. ago. Always a big draw. Yeah. These are big names, right? Let, make no mistake about it. I know you still have the Rory McIlroy's of the world. Sure. These are Big names that are leaving the tour, and I say, who's next? Well, Patrick Cantley, I, uh, I agree with Matsuyama. you. And you are going to see slowly but surely, you're going to see other people leave. And I agree with you. It's bad for the tour in the sense that you have big names gone. The sponsors get worried mm-hmm. uh, worried about it as far as who's going to show up to watch these guys. The sponsors more than anybody hate it, right? Because these guys aren't in front of an American audience, you know, with their logo and stuff uh and it it just like you say it comes down to who's going to replace these guys well they're going to get you know they're going to get rookies they're going to get guys that graduate from tour school and that's absolutely no draw but this tour is going to lose billions of dollars 
There is no way they are going to make money off the TV. They're not, not making the Saudi tour. Oh, absolutely. They're going to lose billions until they get a television contract. You're right. They are. But the thing about it, Brian, is do you know how much money they make every single day? Oh, yeah, they have boatloads of money. It's Uh, incredible, and there's no—that's why the tour all of a sudden— So you don't think it's going to crumble? No, 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 no. And that's why the PGA Tour all of a sudden is is really raising the purses on a lot of these uh, events. They're doing this thing— It's ridiculous. The winners are getting $4 million. I know. But Charles the, Schwartzer won four million dollars last month. But on the PGA Tour, they're yeah. they're bumping up the uh, the ante a lot. Same thing on the LPGA Tour. They want to make this special series, which I think is stupid. At the end of the season, for so a you disagree. Of players. You disagree with the PGA Tour and what they're doing in suspending all these guys. I do. do. You disagree with that? I yeah. do. I do. Yeah. And I think I think after a while, Brian, they're going to see the light, and they say, you know what? If these guys want to come back, playing a major or you know whatever. Uh, let's let him do that. They're allowed to play Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson. No way in hell are any of these guys going to be even considered to be on the Ryder Cup. Well, you know what? The U.S. is going to lose then. They are euros. They are going to lose. Listen, what I here's what I don't like, Dennis, and I'm going to criticize some players. I want honesty, and I believe some of these. Dustin Johnson has been honest. Okay, I forget the the middle of the road guy uh, yesterday who was wearing the money shirt at the event. Gosh, I'm forgetting his name. I, I am too. Uh, I am too. Uh, I know but, what you mean. But but okay, he was honest at yeah. least, right? I see Brooks Kepka, who, who I think is just a complete prima donna jerk. He's at the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. and he's asked a very fair question about this tour, and he dismisses it, and he starts attacking the media, and he lies. Stop lying. You knew you were going to be on this tour. Yeah, yeah. You knew this was going to happen. You knew you weren't going to Hartford to play in the in the Travelers. You knew. What I don't like is the dishonesty. Just be honest and say, "Hey, listen, I want to take care of my family. Right. Uh, you know, I know I've made fifteen or twenty million dollars on the PGA Tour, right. but you know what? You offer me something like this, I'm able to spend time with my family. They're Absolutely. offering me a lot of money. Uh, and by the way, I was talking about Pat Perez. Thank you, Numchuck. Pat Perez is the guy who was wearing the money shirt. I think that might be a little bit overboard, but hey, he's being honest. You know. These guys aren't hurting for money, no. so I don't want them to make it like they're hurting for money. But you, you give them twenty, forty, sixty, a hundred million dollars, it it, it 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 gets to a point where you can spend more time with your family. Pat Perez talked about how he missed his wife having uh, their child. Right, uh, he right. you know and. So I don't want to really put blame on the players. What I don't want is guys like Abraham Answer, who made some statements the other day, and he basically said, well, we need to get paid what we deserve. Can you stop with that nonsense? Yeah, that is is nonsense. You've won one tournament on the PGA Tour, and you've made more than $15 million. Stop it with your stupid comments. Yeah, I... I, I agree with you about somebody like Dustin Johnson. Uh, yeah. The only the only thing I could figure out is uh, I don't know maybe his wife uh, she likes the food over there or something. But <laughs> I think you're going to see really some more players eventually, uh, you know, eventually going, and they are working very hard to get a television contract. You think they're going to get one here? Money. I I think if they controversy, there's a good. I think there's a good chance. I, I really do. The people, Brian, that I know that have watched these events 
are just jacked about it. They Why? think it's a second coming of. Why? I There's don't no know. cut. I don't know. It's an embarrassment. There's no cut. You got forty guys in this thing. It's a joke. Yeah, I think that. I think that. There's uh, no cut. How can I you think, have a tournament with no cut? I think that's going to change. And by the way, I got some breaking news about Tiger Woods. I think is going over the he Saudi has a new mistress. Said, oh. the Saudi said, <laughs> Tiger, I'm sorry. There are no carts allowed, but we will give you a baby camel if uh, you know. You got- <laughs> If you got problems, there's no chance right. Tiger's going to be on. No way. But Dennis, let me give you a stat. This is staggering. They signed DJ to 125 million dollars. Yeah. Tiger Woods, his entire career. I'm not talking about the stuff off the golf course and sponsors. He made less than 125 right. million dollars, and right. he's probably the best golfer yeah. to ever live. What does that say? Yeah, that's it's it's amazing. Ooh. DJ's a good player, oh, but yeah. he's not half the Tiger. I mean, yeah. it's just. And by the way, a lot of these guys, their careers are going down the crapper. Phil, Phil, Phil had a, a very lucky uh, PGA Championship yeah. last year. Okay, that's not going to happen again. You've got Dustin Johnson, who probably would never win another major again, and then you got Brooks Koepka, who had all the surgeries, and DeChambeau had his hand surgery. Oh, exactly. These are guys who know they're probably not going to win on the. Well, you bring, you bring up a very good point, and I think they're going to have to slowly start replacing these guys, and that's what they're trying to do now is recruit better names for a lot of the unknown players that are on this Saudi tour. They're going to have to do that. Uh, and it just – the thing that I found amazing, Brian, was the money they offered supposedly to Jack Nicklaus. Now, here's a like guy – Like $200 million or yeah, something? Here yeah. to be the face of the tour. Here's right. a guy that started the PGA Tour, one of them, right. one of the greatest – but right now, the guy looks like he's got one foot in the grave. He can't play. He won't play golf anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going, you must be kidding. There's got to be a hundred other people you could have gone after. A, I think they made a mistake with Greg Norman. He's got no personality, and, and he's the wrong guy. The only thing he's got is a heart on for the PGA Tour and the commissioner's <laughs> office. Does. Seriously, right for years. That. Yeah. That's one of the reasons he got yeah. involved in this. Yeah, you know, you're right about that. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Nicholas turned down a $100 million offer yeah. to be the face of, of Live Golf. Yeah. Uh, if you're just joining us, he is the golf guru, Dennis Silvers. We're talking about Live Golf and what it means for the PGA Tour. Um, I got to tell you, I'm not going to be watching any of these tournaments. I'm really not interested. So there are odds on some offshore sports books on who's going to be the favorite, the next person to, to jump ship. Patrick Cantley is the favorite. I think he's like three and a half to one to yeah. be on the Live yeah. Tour. Hideki Matsuyama and then Victor Hovland. These are guys up next. You know, why wouldn't you do that if you were these guys? Here's here's the problem. There's a lot of problems, but I think this hurts these guys professionally just from a standpoint of of, of golf. Uh, you're not going to be practicing as hard. Uh, you've already got all this money in the bank. Right. You're you're totally set. You're not going to have the drive you once had. I don't. I would be surprised if any of these guys that are full time on the Live Tour would ever win another major ever again. Yeah. Because I think these guys that are going to be winning majors are going to be PGA Tour type yeah. players. Yeah. And then you got guys like Sergio Garcia and sure. other names yeah. that 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 have left, and, and and that's fine. Here's what I wish would happen, Dennis. And you could tell me if you think this you think this will ever happen. It probably won't. If these tours work together in this aspect. You do the dates where you allow PGA Tour players, you allow live players to continue to play on the PGA Tour. Right. You don't suspend them. Right. You have a really a week where you have like a small tournament, and then you have a live tournament that same week. You'll work with the PGA Tour, and you work together. I think if you were able to do that, I think some of these guys would probably play in some of these PGA Tour events, like the Memorial I or agree. some of these bigger oh, events. Oh, I agree. I think if these tours work together, it would help golf, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I don't either. I don't either, but I... I agree with what you said. It it just makes uh, it just makes perfect sense. Look at what's going to happen. You know, say as a for instance, 
five or six other guys go. They will. Uh, like you mentioned, other fairly big names, okay? Mm-hmm. what's gonna? Who's going to be at the Masters? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's really weird. And then I look at a guy like a Kevin Na. I've never been a very big fan of yeah, his. I know not, that. Not, not the nicest guy in the yeah, world, no. but he lives here in Las Vegas. And here's a guy that's towards the end of his career, right? He's in his 40s, early 40s. Yeah. Maybe he would play on tour another three, four years. Listen, this yeah. is a guy that can still make cuts, and, and, sure. and, and he's a good player. Yeah. But here's a guy. I don't know how much money he was offered. I would imagine probably a lot. And here's a guy that said, okay, well, this is how I'm going to end my career, you know, and, 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 I, and I get it. I mean, this is a lot of money we're talking about a here. Lot of money. Why don't these guys just answer the question when they're asked about the Saudi government and Khashoggi murder? Why can't they just answer it honestly? Why can't they say, listen, uh, those are horrible atrocities that took place in the world. We have horrible things that happen. It doesn't mean that everybody that's associated with this tour is a murderer. Why well, can't they just answer it like that? And then we can all move on. I think, number one, they're golfers. They're entertainers. Number two, they don't want to get into pc they don't want to be politically correct and talk about politics they go that's not what i do i'm out here swinging a golf club so if you want to think you know ill about that be my guest but i play golf it's like if there was a pga event or a professional golf event in afghanistan and somebody was asked about (laughs) if somebody was asked about 9-11 right and i would i would respond by saying well listen just because we had some al-qaeda members uh commit some horrible atrocities doesn't mean everybody in afghanistan involved with the government is a terrorist true i feel the same way about the saudis there are some very very evil horrible people that work within that government yeah but it doesn't mean everybody associated with live tour is a terrorist right that's the way i would answer the question yeah they should they are they should be treated as independent contractors they have the right Correct. They have now. With that being said, I have a lot of respect for guys like Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, and guys that uh, you know have decided they're going to stick it out with the PGA Tour. Right. What do you think of the way Monahan, as uh, uh, the commissioner, has handled this? Argument? I think he's in the hot seat. I, I would not be surprised to uh, see him lose his job. You think what? What else could he do though? What has he done wrong? What else could he possibly he's, do? Well, you know, the reason this thing started—not one of the reasons—but. Uh, people wanted to come to him and go, Mr. Commissioner, can I have permission to go play there, you know, for a couple of events or whatever? Mm -hmm. He said, I don't want to talk about it. We won't have a meeting. It's it's not open-ended. It's a closed discussion. If you go, there's going to be consequences. And that was his attitude, and I think this started a lot of stuff. So, Dennis, they just had the Travelers Championship. Right. Uh, last week, and, and I'm trying to remember uh, Xander Shoffley. By the way, another guy that a lot of people think going to jump ship and go to live golf. Guy who won the gold medal in the Olympics. I love Xander. Really good player. Yeah, really good. Really uh, good player. So they had uh, a meeting with the commissioner yeah. at the Travelers Championship, and, and what we've heard, even though there wasn't any media allowed in the meeting, what players have said is they bas- uh, the commissioner basically said, you better stick with us. You better have our back because we are under attack. And I think a lot Correct. of the players are like, well, wait a second. Why do I need to do that? Why do I need to have your back? You don't have ours. Right. We're independent contractors. Correct. We should be able to do whatever we want. Now you're going to suspend us? Correct. So I kind of understand why the players are a little unhappy. I think if the commissioner took a different approach, maybe a guy like a Brooks Kepka or a Dustin Johnson would still play in PGA. I, I agree with have you. Have they been asked that, by the way? If, if you weren't suspended from the PGA Tour, would you play both would tours? Would you play both tours? I that's, think that's a good a, question. I don't know. But you have to remember Monaghan is, is covering his ass. He's looking to save his job. He's an elitist. You have to remember that. Well, 
a lot of PGA Tour players are. I hate well, to that's say that. true. That's not all, true. not all of them. But no, not it's, all. It's still, it's gotten better when, with the Tiger Woods era, but it's still an yeah. elitist sport. Yeah, I think, I think. But this is going to hurt tournaments like Shriners. You know, it's going to hurt a lot of tournaments. I totally agree. You're going to come out to the Shriners. Don't misunderstand me. The guy that's 125th on the, you know, 125 on the money list, still a great player. Good player, but. You and I should only have his game. You know what I mean? It's still terrific golf, but you don't have the names. You don't have the draw. You don't have the. Right. Uh, the odysseys of a yeah. uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Hey, I have a lot of cool stories here, Dennis. Just the last couple of years I'll share with you. You mentioned DeChambeau. I remember, I think it was maybe uh, hole seven where I watched him drive the, the par four seventh hole at DPC. I watched it in person and I watched him make an eagle there. Uh, you know, watching. I remember I watched him find one of his golf balls out there on the course. I loved watching DeChambeau. A little strange. Not yeah, a bad oh yeah, guy. Oh yeah. But uh, anyone who hits the ball as far as he does, it's fun to watch. And Kepka, totally. listen, listen, Brooks Kepka's a jerk, but he's he's an interesting figure and, and fun to watch. Absolutely. I remember when they had the CJ Cup here, I was following Dustin Johnson. Uh, at one point, he was the best player in the world. He's still a top player. Uh, totally. And, and I, you know, Met Paulina Gretzky and was yeah. walking with her. It was fun watching DJ out there on the course. There are guys on this tour that we may never see again. That's uh, true. On, on That's the- a, that, that is a very good point. And speaking of CJ Tour, uh, you know, as you know, we were out there. The first one was at Chatham Creek. The other one was at the Summit. CJ Cup. Yep. They're yep. not coming back. You know, they're going to, to North Carolina for the next one. They're oh, not are they coming really? back to Vegas? Yeah. Well, I think they made a very big mistake not playing this the CJ Cup at uh, at uh, Shadow Creek for the second time. I think yeah. a lot of players did not like that golf course they had over here. Yeah. And. Um, they didn't care for it. No, they didn't like the course. Even Rory McIlroy, who yeah. won it here in Vegas, he yeah. said some things about the course too. It's not not a, yeah. PG, uh, but Shadow Creek is a PGA Tour oh, golf course. Phenomenal. Course. Uh, yeah, so I think there's a couple uh, issues there. But I think if the players had their choice, they would still want to come back to Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be in North Carolina. Yeah. It's unfortunate. You know, even a guy last year, uh, I believe, was it last year or the year before? I think it was last year where Matt Wolf came in second place uh, in the uh, Shriners, and you know even a guy like Matt Wolf who's been struggling uh, as of recently, he just jumped. He's gone. He's gone. I mean, it's crazy. All these guys are leaving day by day. And I told people a month ago, I said, "You watch, they're going to get all these guys. They're going to get a lot of these guys." And while you make a very valid point that a guy who's 125 on the PGA Tour is a great player and it's fun to watch, absolutely not going to draw people to watch, and 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 it's unfortunate. I. I've uh, had the good fortune to play uh, Pumpkin Ridge. You got two wonderful golf courses there. Mm-hmm. So you know their their first event here is in is uh, in Portland, and you know they're making a real fuss about it. You know about these players playing in Portland. Oh, you're coming from Saudi Arabia. You don't belong to the PGA Tour, and blah blah blah. I I I don't get it. I just golf is golf. Golf is golf. Come on. I, I don't like the fact that. You know, there's no cut, and it's not as competitive. I agree with you there, 100. percent But it also helps some guys. And you yeah. know, we had uh, Taylor Montgomery on the show here a few weeks ago. Great kid. Uh, Taylor Montgomery is uh, his father is the pro over, over at uh, Shadow Creek. Creek. Taylor had a nice career at UNLV as mm-hmm. a college player. He earned he just earned his PGA Tour card. Uh, uh, really happy for him. Great guy. So we had Taylor on the show. That's going to help guys like Taylor because <laughs> no doubt here's a guy it. that has his PGA Tour card who's got game. Really good player. Oh, he's a terrific. He's going player. to do well on the PGA Tour, and there's a lot of really good players that used to be on the PGA Tour that are not there anymore. You, so you know, you take a guy like Justin Thomas or whatever, yeah. or Mac or any of these top players, and they're moaning and bitching about these guys going over to the Saudi Tour. Yeah. You know what I would say? I'm happy. Yeah. 
Well, why are you happy, Rory? Because it's that much less competition for me. True. Uh, I, I, there's going to be a lot of good young players on the PGA yeah. Tour, but the, the tour is not going to be no longer, you can say, the best golfers in the world. I mean, it's split up between yeah. live and a lot of money, man. A lot of money. For- All right. How, how's Tiger going to do at uh, the Open? He says uh, St. Andrews is his favorite course. You know, he's won there twice. I think yeah. that's crap. He says that about every course he's won. It depends on the weather. Uh, if it's cold and rainy, you know, he's going to shoot his... All these guys are playing in the open, right? They're playing in the open. They're, yeah, I they're allowed J- to play in the open. Yeah. I heard Jason Day's not playing. Uh, former number one player in the world. He just had some sort of back injury. He's got... I yeah. said that a while. The way he swings at it... But is Phil problems. playing in the open? Will Phil be there? You know what? That's a very good question. Yeah. I don't know, to Boy, be there, honest. There's a guy that, I mean, Fred Couples made some comments the other oh. day. Fred Couples made some comments. I don't know if you saw them on a podcast yeah. where he's like, I'm probably never going to talk to Phil again. Uh, I think Phil took it a step too, way too far. He went over the line. With the I, did yeah, I, I did too. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was really stupid. And he's playing horrible. Yeah. He's playing horrible. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what Tiger does. Well, the thing with him is, 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 is he is he capable? Well, yeah, when you can you know go two, three under par at Augusta National, it means he can still play. But I don't think he can keep that up for four days in a row. I he don't can, think his I, leg, no I don't think his body will allow him. No, I don't care no. how much rehab he right. does. It, to me, it's not whether he can do it. It's it's a matter of the physicality. Can Correct. his legs do it? And I just Correct. that that's the thing. I I just think for, golf is a, is physical. People don't understand that. Very physical. Uh, you know, you're four hours on a golf course. Besides the concentration, you're in there in conditions, uh, weather conditions. It could be really hot. It could be. It is difficult on your body. I don't think people truly understand that. They and think especially golf, with the weather they get there, you know that. If you're walking in the, in the wind, if it's raining on you, it's tough, brother. Yeah. I tell you, I know some PGA, a few PGA Tour caddies, and uh, they tell me physically their body. It's, Brutal. It's extremely yeah. difficult, uh, especially the conditions. It's not always California, 70 degrees That's out there. exactly uh, right. Difficult golf courses to walk, not to mention that you have to, you're working hard besides playing even the caddies. You, you it's it's a very difficult job. A lot That's of these guys exactly make, right. A lot of these guys, you get to the PGA Tour or the Live Tour, you're making a lot of money. Yeah. But, uh, boy, how nice is that for uh, caddies, uh, Live Tour caddies? I wonder if their caddies are making guaranteed money off of those They're contracts. making a hell of a lot more. You know, from the tax standpoint, I wonder what the tax standpoint is over there. That's a good question. I, I wonder. I wonder these guys get paid, and I wonder if they got paid in a lump sum or it's over the yeah. course of like three or four years. I yeah. wonder if uh, DJ just gets a one hundred and twenty-five million dollar paycheck. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine that? My God, wow. could have some fun at the pie gal tables on oh, the strip. Oh my God, yeah, <laughs> just crazy, man. Well, Dennis, stick around. I'm glad you're here. Okay. Uh, we're going to uh, talk a little hoops coming up next for a few minutes with uh, Brian Ping with KNX Radio. By the but, way, let me just butt in. I'm sure yep. you know. I'm trying to get the new uh, golf coach on at UNLV. Oh yeah, that's Jean-Pierre Hebert right. from Texas. Is that, I know Coach Knight has got some health issues, right? Well, yeah, and he's kind of you know he's been there thirty years. Yeah. He, you know he's due, so I'm trying to reach out to this guy. Came from Texas mm-hmm. and he did real good for his team. So I'm trying to get him on. And uh, yeah. well, the UNLV, I will share that with you. Cool. You know. well, the UNLV golf team has has had a lot of success over the years. Oh, they're, tremendous. They're one of the best in the country, yeah. and they have a lot of guys that are, are, are former and current PGA Tour players. So, tremendous. Uh, no question. Uh, 
Um, hey, I want to tell you guys real quickly about uh, a good friend of mine and the former Clark County DA. His name is Thomas Moskal. Uh, he was the top DUI prosecutor here in Clark County. Now he's a defense attorney, and I'm telling you, this guy is the best with his relationships that he knows with judges, with prosecutors, with defense attorneys. He is one of the best in the business. So you can call him or you can text him at 848-5555. Again, the law offices of Thomas Moskal, one of the best in the business. I promise you won't be disappointed. And hey, if you need a DUI attorney and you need some help, he's one of the best. And how cool is it if you would say, hey, my attorney is the former DA at Clark County. That's pretty cool. And, Thomas, Brian, and Brian would know about the that's DA. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, fortunately for me, no, because I don't drink. But uh, again, give him a call, 848-5555. We'll take a quick break. He's Dennis Silvers. I'm Brian Shapiro. Coming up next, Brian Pring from KNX Radio. Talk a little Lakers. Who's going to be on this roster? Coming up next, you're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Experience the Artisan Hotel's theme suites, restaurant, bar, pool, and complimentary valet. During the week, the Artisan is a quiet Las Vegas retreat that's great for travelers and locals. The weekend is all about nonstop partying and the award-winning Artisan nightlife. All rooms include free gym access and Wi-Fi. The Artisan Hotel is centrally located between the Strip and downtown Las Vegas. Book your stay at artisanhotel.com. The Artisan Hotel, your unique Las Vegas boutique hotel. The best choice for convenience, comfort, and value, My Place Hotels are ideal for both short-term and long-term travelers. The rooms at My Place features pillow top mattresses, microfiber bedding, and a variety of soft and firm pillows. All extended stay rooms offer their own kitchen, which includes a full-size refrigerator and a cooktop. On-site laundry facilities are also available for extended stays at pet-friendly My Place Hotels. Book your stays online at MyPlaceHotels.com, My Place Hotels, St. George, and West Jordan, Utah. Make My Place your place. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Shopping is always easy with the Radio Shopping Show. Whether it's shopping during any one of our live shows right here on AM 1400 or listening live on the KSHP app, you can always call in at 702-221-7283 to pick up great deals with your favorite host. Or shop 24-7 at KSHP.com. Go to KSHP.com and select Shopper's Guide to browse hundreds of businesses featured on the show. 
Place your order online and we'll have it shipped right to your front door. With so many possibilities, it's hard not to shop. I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite doctors in the Valley, Dr. K. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician. She's been in practice for over 20 years, went to Yale. She believes in treating body and mind as a whole by achieving harmony and balance. She offers hormone replacement, Botox, skin rejuvenation, even snoring treatment, because we know how that can be annoying from time to time. Also, plasma treatments and so much more with cutting-edge technology. Please give her a call. 702-410-5779. You could also give her an email at cosmeticesthetics.lv at gmail.com. Again, that number, 702-410-5779. Call Dr. K. Tell them I sent you, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Do you want to be part of one of the fastest-growing shows in the Valley? Well, now is your chance. Pushing the Limits covers it all. The only show in town talking news, politics, sports, entertainment, you name it. You can now give your business the push it needs to take it to the next level. We have all sorts of advertising packages that can fit your budget. Give us a call at 725-256-9809 or send us an email at ptlvegasales at gmail.com and be part of the fastest growing show in Las Vegas. As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. It's Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Getting ready, geared up for the 4th of July holiday weekend. I hope everybody is safe out there. We're going to have some fun and... Maybe have a nice barbecue with the family. Celebrate our independence. Yes, that's right. Although, I was just talking with Dennis a little bit off the air. Uh, Do we really have our independence? I don't know. I mean, some strange things going on in the world. Or or I should say in this country, politically, when it comes to the Supreme Court, when it comes to our freedoms. I don't know, man. There's a lot of people in in this country that are concerned, that are worried. I just had... Governor Sisolak uh, on the show yesterday, he just signed this uh, new executive order to try to protect women's rights. But what about other states? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I try to – I'm pretty uh, a libertarian. when it, uh, I lean to the left socially when it comes to these types of things. And I just want to – I don't want to interfere with anybody's life. You can have whatever religion you want. You can believe in whatever yeah, you want to believe yeah. in. You can believe in the tooth fairy. That's your life. Just yeah, don't push right. it on me. 
I just think if we all lived like that, we'd all be happier people. I just think too many people want to push their beliefs on other people. I, I totally agree. Did you talk to the governor about his race? Uh, I did. What did he say? He said he was Caucasian. Oh, oh! You meant I'm sorry. You meant the race uh, with Lombardi. Very good. Yeah, I'm very sorry. good. That Brian. That, that race, um, Joe Lombardo. Yes, I did. I did. Uh, and we're going to replay that interview on Monday. And uh, Lombardo said some not very nice things about Sisolak, uh, and they don't seem to get along with one another. And uh, yeah, you know, I kind of like that. I kind of like the idea of two candidates that don't like each other. I think it makes for more entertainment and purposes. I think it makes for some good debates. You know, if yeah, they have a couple of televised debates, yes. I hope so. Well, speaking of uh, debates and, and, and when it comes to uh, the world of sports is the L.A. Lakers, right? I mean, the Lakers oh, are a gosh. team that uh, did not have a very good year last year. No. Now there's a lot of rumors circulating. Uh, is Darvin Ham going to be able to turn things around? And who is going to be wearing a Laker uniform? So to kind of break this all down for us, a guy that I used to work with right here in Las Vegas, he's now at a much bigger station called KNX Radio in L.A. Yeah, that would be huge. Brian Ping joining us right now on the line. Brian, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Brian, are you there? Uh-oh. He's shooting hoops. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, th- I think we lost. Uh, He's shooting hoops. Brian, I, I think we can hear you now. Brian, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Sorry, okay, about, sorry about that, Brian. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, so all these headlines, Brian, you've seen it, right? Uh, Russell Westbrook, is he out? Is he in? Then we hear rumors about Kyrie Irving. Apparently, he's demanding a trade to the Lakers. And then even Kevin Durant got in the mix. What can you tell us? Well, for the moment right now, it looks like the Lakers are focused on Kyrie Irving, but I'm not sure if the Nets are. And, you know, you need two to tango in this regard. So, sorry, you might be hearing my daughter in the <laughs> background okay. there. But <laughs> yeah. uh, there are the uh, AD for Katie rumors. Maybe it would take uh, Anthony Davis to probably Kevin Durant loose because that was the big talk yesterday. But, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going <clears> to <throat> you know serve – uh, the the Lakers best because Davis is an integral part of their championship picture. I know it's for Durant, but you know the focus is on Kyrie. And uh, if they can send Westbrook and maybe some uh, draft compensation, uh, Brooklyn's way to make that happen. Those talks certainly aren't dead, but uh, we have to see what Brooklyn's willing to do too. I have to say, Brian, from the st- basketball standpoint, if you put LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant on the same team together, assuming that they are healthy. I, I, I mean, they have to be the overwhelming favorite to win the NBA championship, right? Yeah, you would have to think so just on uh, raw talent. But, uh, you know, there's chemistry, too. And you, we thought that everything was going to be great with the package of Brooklyn. We never really had a chance to see how that was going to turn out because, you know, of the Durant's injury and then uh, all of Kyrie's drama last year. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you put them together you – know, with LeBron, I know some stars are a little bit hesitant to team up with LeBron because of his, you know, the, the dominant figure that he cuts. But just from sheer talent alone, yeah, that's, that would be smart money to, to bet on the Lakers. I got to tell you, man, is it, a, is it better for the NBA and, and better for the league when the Lakers are in the playoffs competing for – absolutely. I'm not going to deny that. No, with that without be, question. But yeah. with, with that being said, I mean, what is this with Kevin Durant? I'm really getting sick of this nonsense. You know, he plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder, can't beat the Golden State Warriors, can't beat him, join him, joins the Golden State Warriors, wins a championship. By the way, I say he wins that championship uh, without Kevin Durant. They probably win that championship. 
championship. And now it's like, okay, now you're going to go play with with uh, arguably one of the best, if not maybe still the best player in the league, in LeBron James, and with with Kyrie Irving, arguably the best point guard in the league. I don't know. I just I just think this is the, we never would have seen this 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. You got all these super teams, and I, I just don't like it. How do you feel about this? It, it's a little odd, right? Because you know, in this era of super teams, Durant is like, okay, where do I fit in in this whole picture? You know, it didn't work out in Brooklyn, and everyone thought that was going to be the next big thing and last for possibly years and years new dynasty and obviously uh that didn't work out and now that he wants to you know push his way out uh you gotta wonder his skills are unquestioned he's one of the best maybe three players in the league but as far as that uh commitment level and he's like okay i want to go to phoenix or miami yeah but the two number one seeds okay great yeah i want to play for phoenix or miami but uh just just goes to show does he feel like he needs to have people around him uh, to win, and if he's going to somehow force his way onto one team or another, or make his way onto the Lakers, uh, where does he fit there? I mean, he made it work, like like you mentioned with with Golden State, but you know, different cast of characters. The Warriors have a championship pedigree uh, that has been proven over years and years. I wonder yeah. if the Lakers still have that with just LeBron and AD, that formula that they had in 2020. I'm not sure they do. I don't know if that's quite as sustainable as what uh, you know Golden State had. So. Uh, where he lands is going to be is going to dictate everything else that happens with Kyrie and the Lakers. And um, I mean, there's other big moves still happening. I guess Rudy Gobert is going to Minnesota, which is huge. But um, yep. but with everything else, as far as the Lakers are concerned, I guess we got to wait to see what the Nets, if they're going to do anything yeah. with Durant and yeah. how long that's going to take. Well, Russell Westbrook was a complete disaster. Uh, that was uh, yeah. uh, That's on LeBron. Can't blame anybody else for LeBron. He's the one who brought him in. Anthony Davis has been kind of like a butterfly. He gets injured a lot. He's He has not been the, the Anthony Davis that the Lakers have needed. Th- those two have been a complete disaster thus far. And, and part of that is injuries as well, and I understand that. But I think you bring Kyrie and Kevin Durant in there, they can win several championships uh, immediately. And I don't care who's coaching. I was, I was making a joke earlier. I said it could be Darvin Ham, or it could be you know our former coach here, Dave Rice. I mean, it could be anybody that could be coaching that team. And I think they win, win championships. I don't think the coaching situation even matters at that point. If you're just joining us, he is Brian Ping, KNX Radio, uh, out there in L.A. talking Lakers and trade rumors. I got to ask you about the other basketball team out there. Well, there's a couple other ones, but we don't need to talk Sparks. But uh, we'll talk about the Clippers. Uh, why didn't Kyrie? You don't want to talk about uh, UCLA and the Big Ten? Well, that's, a, that's another discussion. We could. That's yeah. another. That's yeah. another big. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of big sports stories, yeah. and that's yeah. another one. But uh, what about uh, the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard, who a lot of people have criticized him for not playing at all towards the end of the year last year, and, and a lot of people feel like uh, they watched him in a gym and, and, and that he could have played in the playoffs. What were your thoughts on that? But I mean, yeah, look, how many six, seven, or eight seeds ever really are true title contenders? None of them. I think like what the Rockets thirty years ago. I think that's like the only or 25 years ago is like the only low seeded team that's ever really yep. <clears throat> excuse me contended so i mean so why chance it if you can get a fully healthy Kawhi Leonard just hit the reset button and go i'm not going to blame him too much for not suiting up and getting in there you know maybe they win that play in with minnesota and they give phoenix a run for their money mm-hmm. uh but uh, to have him back at you know full strength and that looks like it was going to be yeah and then you bring john wall into the mix which is fun i'm not exactly sure what they're going to get from him after you know the last three years but there's a lot of optimism with the with the clippers right now and to get that whole team that they thought they had a couple of years ago that they marketed around. And that's a team that could definitely make some noise. You're just two years removed. I mean, it was 
what one year ago right now they're playing in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. So you know you get healthy players back and a good supporting cast. They've re-upped with uh, with Nick Batum and also um, uh, Zubats. So so they're, they're pretty solid if if unspectacular down low. But they've got it's a good supporting cast you want to build around PG and and Kawhi. And of course there's always the injury risk, you know, and there there might be load management. That to get them for a full 82, you know, they might not be a number one seed because of that. But that's a team that's you know, built for a playoff run. And I'm excited to see what they're going to be this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian Dennis Silvers, uh, I got a question. I'm a uh, UCLA alum. And wh- why do you think was the primary motivation of them leaving and getting into the Big Ten? And my other question to you is, uh, I lived in L.A. I was born and raised in L.A. for a long time before moving here. Uh, when do you think they stop being considered a real dynasty? Uh, as far as uh, UCLA and uh, – that's what we're talking about with the, uh, the basketball program? Right, right, or, right. Yeah. Well, I think one of the reasons why they – well, the big move, of course, the reason for the move, of course, is money. And it's TV money. Yeah, and it's yeah. uh, money from Fox. Fox and ESPN basically run college athletics now. There's no question about hmm. that. Okay. And there's going to be that huge Big Ten media deal. Uh, USC and UCLA, they want to get their you know, finances straightened out sure. after COVID. It's sure. a very uncertain uh, environment uh, coming ahead. And the Pac-12 was increasingly becoming an island of irrelevance. Sad to say, it was so much history. It yeah. was a great yeah. league, but it wasn't pulling its weight in the yeah. environment of the Power Five, which I guess now is becoming the Power Two. you got to jump on one of those two ships now. And USC and UCLA were ahead of the game. They got in right on the deadline day mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have to pay a penalty. Yep. So it was smart for them. The rest of these schools, I'm afraid, are left behind. I don't think Oregon and Washington are going to get in any time soon. So they're going to be left in a league that is further diminished. Yeah. And it's a sad story because you know it's it's it's, it's fun to have uh, you know the the history out here, have the West Coast be able to plant its flag. But it's it's a new era, and just get used to those. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Wisconsin and Michigan coming out uh, to Pasadena and, and the Coliseum. It's 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 going to be really different, and yeah, we'll we'll just see how it happens. So, Brian, I have to ask you a personal question. So, last time I was out there in LA, uh, I had a very interesting week. I was out there uh, last year. I went out there to see Michael Avenatti, uh, who uh, I'm going to say it, a friend. Uh, I saw him before he went to jail. And I also saw uh, my friend Richard Patrick, the lead singer of Filter. He was recording an album. He invited me out there. And I went to a Lakers game with Vivica A. Fox, believe it or not. Really? Believe it or not, I did. A friend of a friend. So I had a very interesting week out there. But I got to yeah. tell you, like, I'm, and you're, di- you know, listen, you have a family out there, a beautiful wife and kids, so it's different for you. But, like, I go out there, I'm not a crazy big fan of LA. I just think the traffic is nuts. It is. It's expensive. Uh, it I is. feel like there's too many people. The weather's beautiful. Listen, there are beautiful parts of California. I love San Diego. I just love Vegas. I don't know. I'm, I, call me crazy. You used to live here. Do you miss Las Vegas at all? I'm curious. I do. Yeah, I do. Because, uh, in, in Las Vegas, much the same goes for LA. You kind of have to find your niche. You have to carve out, you know, what it is you like, what it is you're, you're seeking. And for an outsider who never, you know, considered living in Las Vegas before, you think, okay, well, it's a tourist town. Well, but you know, you go away from the strip and downtown, and you realize that you know it's just another city with ordinary folks making a living. You know, good people uh, from all walks of life, and then you find it. You find your group. So it's it's kind of the same thing in LA because it's just so. Large and from the surface, it seems kind of overwhelming, and then you, uh, you know, you find yourself is, is stuck in traffic, and there's just so much <laughs> going on. But you got to you got to find your niche. You have you have to find your people, 
the, you know, the kind of life you want to live, what you want to do, and then plan around that. You yeah. have to, you know, is the commute going to be good? How does all this fact? So, so there's some work involved. And oh gosh, if anyone wants to move out here now, it's just so difficult with the uh, yeah. with, with, with the home prices and the cost of living. So I'm yeah. I'm sorry to say, but this Incredible. is not really the yeah. the best time ever to come out here right now, unless unless you're set up very well and you, and you have a good opportunity. But it's it's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. What, that, that's a sad thing because you know this this place does have a lot going for it. But it's a lot of negative publicity, too, and oh, yeah. a lot of that is earned. So what? I definitely see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I do miss uh, a lot about living in Las Vegas. And, you know, I, I'm not ruling out the possibility. Maybe someday spending uh, a lot more time if, if an opportunity were to present itself. Because I, I really, truly did enjoy my time there. Uh, but opportunities uh, and circumstances... Uh, presented themselves, which is why I'm here now. I, I love being here. I, I see myself being here, you know, long term, if not the rest of my life. Yeah. But I'll always have a spot on my heart for last. Well, I'll tell you what, you can be my news anchor. You could be my news anchor and I'll provide you with some comp meals and some comp hotel rooms. I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if that's a good enough opportunity for you, but yeah, I can probably do that. One of the one of the one of the for me before, so yeah. (laughs) One of the very neat things that came about with Brian, you know, being friends with Avenatti, he uh, Brian has learned how to bake. So he's trying to get those (laughs) those files into the goddamn prison, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh yeah, last time I visited Michael Avenatti, he had an ankle bracelet on, and, and he's not doing too well these days. But uh, every time I go to L.A., I, I go into my phone, and I say to myself, okay, well, obviously I know Brian there, and I know I know a bunch of people, and I say, okay, what are the most uh, the people that are available that, that I'd be able to hang out with? <laughs> Michael Avenatti was one of them. Uh, I had a few other people, and it's funny. I uh, the, the crazy story is I, I'm friends with Miguel, who uh, starred in the movie Juana Man, if you remember. Uh, and I hit up Miguel, and Miguel is friends with Vivica Fox, right? I'll tell you this quick story, uh, Brian. And Miguel has season tickets to the Lakers. He was he was very close with the, he's very close with the Bus family. Mm. So he's got three, uh, is it three or four? Maybe it's three or four season tickets to the Lakers. So we're all supposed to go to the game, and I'm excited to meet Vivica Fox. She's beautiful. I've always been yeah. a big fan of her. So Miguel calls me that morning. It was the Phoenix Suns game, and he's like, "Bro, I got COVID." You mind oh, taking? No. You mind taking? Yeah. Well, it worked out for me yeah. because uh, yeah, he said, "Do you want? Yeah. Do you want to take Vivica that to really dinner and then take her? Yeah. And, and then take her to the game." So, so I'm like, "Yeah, I think I can handle that." So I, I, I made sure the waiter took a picture so people would would actually believe me because it, it, it right. yeah. So I went to the game and we're sitting three feet away from Justin Bieber and Kendall Jenner. Uh, believe mm. it or not, yeah. because they played it's Phoenix. Like you're in a movie. Then, it was yeah. crazy. It was like it was like, is this real life? I I lived yeah. one day. I lived as what it would be like to be a celebrity. Yeah. But I have to be honest with you, I wasn't crazy about it. It was like the experience that day was fun, but it was like I don't want to be like. You know, I don't know. I just it was weird. It was weird. I like going to a game with my friends and nobody bothering me. That's all. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. All. yeah. <laughs> and be able to drink a beer in peace or just whatever. Right. Or, yeah, right. Yeah, not, but it was not, fun. Not have eyes on the industry. Yeah. Exactly. It was fun. Next time I come out to LA, uh, LA, Brian, I'll definitely give you a call. Next time you come out here, hit me up as well. Always a pleasure. Likewise, ha- yeah. Always a pleasure having you on, Brian. Appreciate you, and uh, love to have you on again sometime down the road. And have fun out there in LA, my fan, my friend. And we'll talk soon. Okay. 
Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's Brian Ping, KNX Radio. I actually used to work with him. Uh, we were both reporters at another station here in town that uh, luckily uh, I am not a part of yeah, anymore. Right. Uh, yep. Very conservative radio station. <laughs> Dennis is a conservative, but uh, we've gotten into it from time to time yeah. when it comes to politics, which is okay. Yeah. But but um, I, I just don't like one-sided, that's it. Now, I'm you know, I'm not a Donald Trump guy. I, I don't. I make no apologies about that. But I have many of a friends that are Republicans, and many friends that I talk to on a regular basis. Uh, we disagree on a number of issues, but I mean, Brett Raymer is a perfect example of that. I mean, he's he's a sponsor of the show, and he's a great friend of mine, and we disagree on just about everything mm-hmm. politics but i know he's a good guy and we never take it personally but there's certain people that you talk to when it comes to politics yeah. and they, they may they take it personal if i call somebody a, a right-wing buffoon and i'm messing around <laughs> with them you would think it was world war three and like i i stole their wife away for a night like it's like come on man come on man all i want to know is when we play golf uh, as soon as you invite me. When was the last time you invited me to play golf? Been it's a been while. Like we three, haven't played for a while. Three years. You got a three no. weekend. Go. I do. Yeah. You, what are you doing for? Sunday you, or Monday? Are you playing golf on Let's the Let's play Monday. I'm ready. Let's go. And I'm not talking about a miniature golf course or a part three course. I'm talking about a real golf course you're going to invite me to. Invite be. me to a real golf course. Somewhere. You know that I'm in the parade uh, Monday morning in Summerlin. The parade. Yeah, there's a parade every year. They have a big parade in Summerlin. There's an elderly conservative parade going on. <laughs> oh, Let's go. <laughs> it, <they're not. laughs> What's actually, going on? It's actually a political deal, but oh, yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. they probably won't. If you're a part of any political deal, I, I'm definitely not invited. I'm not allowed. I'm definitely not invited to that one. There's no question about that. They won't want me there. But no, uh, no. well, uh, down the road. Uh, oh, absolutely. In the, next, in the next week or two, let's play some golf, Dennis. Totally, totally. I, I always appreciate when you be here and love it. Uh, you being love here. It. Thank you, and uh, to your dog as well, Mulligan. Mulligan loved it. Uh, Mulligan, thank you for being here as well. Uh, you were uh, the best guest I've ever had on this show, so thank you, Mulligan, for being here. Dennis, appreciate you being here as Pleasure. well, and I definitely want to play golf one of these days. All right, everybody, that's a wrap. I hope everybody has a fantastic holiday weekend. Please be safe out there. Have fun. Have fun. Have spun. I don't know what that means. Have fun. Spend time with your family and, and have a good time. Numbchuck, what are you doing? I'm going to party. What, what is, but you're a married man. Like, What's a party for a married man since we have a minute here? I have a nice little bottle at home. I'm waiting. Uh, like a baby bottle, like yeah, like a baby. Milk? Yeah, I'm gonna drink. Tra- I'm gonna drink. Oh, milk that kind that. of bottle, uh, yeah, or an adult bottle. That's an, an adult okay, bottle. I understand. So, what do you do, like, as a married man on Fourth of July weekend? You go to Bed Bath and Beyond if you have time. Like, what do you do? You know, you you've seen old school. Yeah, I might go to Bed Bath and Beyond. You know, very exciting. Frank the Tank style. Very exciting weekend. Boy, I can't wait to get married one of these days. Uh, Dennis has been, been been in a few marriages, I believe. It hasn't worked out for him either, so I have pity for you. I'm just kidding, Numchuck. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you have a very happy marriage, and I'm sure you're going to be having a good time this weekend. Uh, I, 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 I pity some people that are married, like my parents. They, they don't get along very well. But anyway, I have firsthand knowledge of that. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back live in studio on Tuesday with uh, former DA Thomas Moskal joining us. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody.